0: Well, hello, and God bless you. Welcome to BlandCouragesYou.com, where we are here with the word of the Lord to encourage you to stay on the wall for the Lord. My name is Bland, and I certainly do count it a privilege and a blessing to be here with you today on this, the 18th episode of our podcast. So what's coming up is we're going to continue our conversation on speech therapy. We've been talking about this over the last couple of episodes and some of the things that lurk down in our hearts, and we're going to continue talking about that in just a little bit. So listen, everybody, use this next few seconds to go ahead and get your Bibles, your notebooks, a writing utensil, a little snack or something, and settle on in for the next 20 some odd minutes. Blend Courage is you, is coming to you with Speech Therapy Part 3. That's what's coming up. Right after this. All right, BCU family, we're going to dig in in just a little bit. Wanted to take a few moments to go ahead and address those who are landing on this podcast for the first time. So you are in speech therapy part three, and there are two parts that precede this. And it really would be best, if you can, to go back and listen to those other parts. So what you can do, there's a couple of ways you can do this. If you are on the BlendCourageAsYou.com site, go ahead and exit out of this podcast. Get to the main menu. You can go to general and then head on over to where it says series and studies. And you will find a listing there of all the studies that we've done. And you'll easily be able to spot speech therapy. Same sort of deal if you are on iTunes or Stitcher Radio, you would just exit out of this particular podcast and go and check out the listing there. All of the podcasts are listed in sequential order for your ease, and you can go ahead and listen to parts one and two, and then loop back to part three when you get a chance. Amen? Amen. Let's get started. So over our last couple of episodes, we have been prepping and actually have started our heart surgery. Last time, we really looked at how lust and pride does affect our hearts, speech, and actions. For a biblical viewpoint of this, we looked at the evil Queen Jezebel, who had an innocent man killed in order to get her pouty husband, King Ahab, a vineyard that he just had to have. So let's take a look at what the Word of God says around lust and pride. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father but is of the world and the world passes away and those lusts thereof but he that does the will of god abides forever and that's 1 john chapter 2 verses 15 through 17 That is some deep reading, you all. So really something that we want to pay very close attention to. Initially, when you look at these verses, you think, well, you know, that's not necessarily me. And, um, you know, I, I would think that too, as we grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, what he does is he does the examining of the heart. If we're open to what it is that he's saying, and we'll find that, you know, sometimes these things can actually lurk in our hearts. Lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. So listen, I know it may seem daunting, but this is a fixed fight, and God wants us to be victorious in our heart meditations, and he gives us the word in which to do it. And our anchor scripture is, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable In thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. And that's Psalm 19 and 14. So what we're taking a look at is what is going on in our hearts? What is our hearts or our minds? What is that meditating on? So in thinking about that, let's take a look now to the lust of the flesh. We talked about the lust of the eyes last time. Let's take a look at the lust of the flesh. So with that, it has obviously to do with, with bodily desires and a lot of times we think in a way of maybe having some sort of encounter uh, with someone in a sexual manner and while that does have something to do with it there are other lusts of the flesh besides just that. All right so outside of adultery and fornication and many of us know that that is those actions are outside of the will of God Let's take a look at a bodily desire or lust of the flesh that's a little closer to home for many of us, and that is eating. I know. So listen, proper nourishment is in order for all of us to function optimally. We need your complex carbohydrates, your fruits, your vegetables, the the nuts, and uh, for those of you that eat meat and We all need food and water in order to be able to do what it is that we need to do day to day. Where we can go wrong is overeating, or in other words, gluttony. The word of God says, Be not among winebibbers, among riotous eaters of the flesh. For the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty, and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. And that's Proverbs chapter 23, verses 20 through 21. All right, so the thought here is, is that if it's hard to control your appetite, it's likely hard to control yourself in other areas. Rather, they are controlling you. So we have to think that God does give us the ability to say no or practice self-control, especially those who have Jesus down on the inside. Um, The fruit of the Spirit is really for all believers in Escalation 5.22, and self-control is one of the fruit of the Spirit. So we have to just put that in gear and think about that, you know, as we're going through our day and, and eating and choosing what to eat, We want to be sure that we're doing that in moderation, especially the goodies and stuff. Now, I love my cake and ice cream and all those types of things, absolutely, and don't want to go through life without them. Just want to make sure that we're tempering those things with the things that are good for you. Amen? Amen. All right, so let's talk about another bodily desire, something that we have to have, and that's called sleep. Yes, indeed, he sleeps. So listen, our body needs sleep or rest in order to repair, to rejuvenate, and really to function on all six cylinders. I have to tell you all that when I get a nap, you know, it's <laughs> it's almost better than that cake that I love so much. So rest is important to all of our bodies. Now, rest and sleeping is scriptural, obviously. Um, Jesus told the disciples to come apart. Into the desert and rest a while, and that's found in Mark chapter 6, verse 31. And Jesus himself slept, and that's found in Mark chapter 4, right around verse number 38. So, where do we go wrong with, you know, sleeping and resting then? Yes, when there's little to no activity other than sleeping and resting, is that all we're doing? So, yes. And if you think about that, that that laziness and the slowfulness, uh, that's really from the lust of the eyes that we talked about last time. They're very closely linked to the lust of the flesh in sleeping. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, The Bible says to love not sleep, lest you come into poverty. Open your eyes and you will be satisfied with bread. That's Proverbs chapter 20, verse 13. So that scripture stands on its own. So that's one thing. So we need to make sure that, you know, we're busy to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves, work-wise and whatnot. There's another scripture that comes to mind, and it reads as follows. The harvest is plenteous. Yes, many of us know this one. But the laborers are few. Matthew chapter 9, verse 37. So think about it, BCU family. If we are sleeping and resting when we're supposed to be harvesting, what is happening in the harvest? How many souls are being left by the wayside if we are not on post? So yes, we need sleep and we definitely need rest We just want to be sure that we are doing that, that we're balancing out our lives so that we can rest at the appropriate time and then work for the kingdom at the appropriate time. All right. So we want to make sure that we do that. And and speaking of working, let's talk about activity. So we talked about little to no activity. What about activity like Working. So actually, you know, working outside of the home, maybe inside the home. If you're a stay-at-home parent, it's all very hard work. So we thank God for those that have a mind to want to work in whatever capacity they're working in, whether you're volunteering or whatever it is. Yes. So what happens is, is that sometimes we can take that too far. Again, lust of the flesh. And there's the workaholic. Always going into the office, taking the overtime on call when you don't need to be, you know, picking up things, straightening up things, going through drawers, you know, all sorts of things. Just find it very hard to be still. Find it, uh, the workaholic finds it hard to be quiet. And if you're always working or always doing some activity, think about it. Will you hear from God? Hmm. Has social media replaced your prayer, Bible study, and quiet time with God? So if you get off work and you need a little downtime, are we going right to social media? So it is helpful. It is helpful. And there's nothing wrong with that in moderation. It's the lack of self-control that can be the issue. Again, these are some of the things that are lurking down in our hearts. Something to think about and to take to the Lord in prayer. All right, so let's switch gears now and take a look at the pride of life. And these things have to do with the spirit. So think about it, the lust of the eyes. We said that those were things that were tied to the soul, if you will. The lust of the flesh are things that are tied to the body. The pride of life usually are things that are tied to the spirit man. All right, so let's talk about desire number one. Again, the desires are not bad in and of themselves. The enemy likes to get in and take things to the excess. So the desire to take care of yourself. You all know what I'm talking about. You know, eat right, you exercise, you take care of your hair, your skin, and nice clothes, all of that sort of thing. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Where it gets to be something that uh, the enemy gets into is, is when we get to be obsessed with trying to look like or act like we're in our twenties, when we're a lot more mature than that, you know, we might be up several decades. It, I see It seems to me that I have seen more anti-aging commercials and and uh, advertisements for facelifts and things in recent years. Now, perhaps I had been paying attention all these years, and I'm just starting to notice it now. But it just seems like it's just a lot of folks are very obsessed with looking youthful. Now, I'm not saying that you have to look your age. Now, if God has blessed you so that, you know, you're you're looking a lot younger than what you are age wise, that's okay. We're talking about taking it into a different direction with plastic surgeries and, you know, dressing a certain way and all of that sort of thing. You know, we do need some mothers in the church. And in the neighborhood. We we need that. We need some wise folks. And while we want to represent Christ by looking and dressing nice, we want to be sure that vanity does not take place in our hearts. So, ladies, favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears or reverences the Lord, she will be praised. That's Proverbs chapter 31, verse 30. So look nice, absolutely. You just want to be sure that you fear the Lord. And if you do, that vanity will not be in your heart. And and, and gentlemen, I've got something here for you as well. Don't you worry. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 16 in part says, But though the outer man perishes, the inner man is renewed day by day. So we take good care of the outer man because we're called to do that. We want to be sure that the word man is renewed day by day because that's what God is paying attention to. All right. So let's take a look at another area for the pride of life. And that's the desire to please people. So it starts when we're young. Think about it. You know, we want to please our parents, our guardians, grandparents, aunties, uncles, you know, people in the family, friends, neighborhood, nothing wrong with that. Because there's no child that doesn't want to hear, oh, my goodness, you did such and such. I am so proud of you. We love that. What happens, though, when we do not outgrow that desire and it turns into people pleasing at any cost? Yes, you all, you all know what I'm saying here. So think about it. This is where lying, stealing, deceiving, you know, acting like we like something when we really don't can come into play, all of this just to be liked and accepted. And I'll tell you something, whatever we do to be liked or accepted, it's never going to be enough because those parameters change, sometimes monthly, yearly, sometimes daily, or by the hour, we will never be able to keep up. So it's best for the child of God to stick with God's approval. He told Jesus in Matthew chapter 3, verse 17, that this is my son, my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. That's where we want to get our approval from. All right, let's talk about one other area, and that's the desire to know more about something. Most of us as human beings, we are curious with knowledge and we want to find out how things work and why people do what they do and documentaries and all of those type of things. And Proverbs does tell us to get knowledge over goals. So knowledge is something that we all need to have. And again, that's Proverbs chapter eight, verse 10. Let's, let's answer this question. What about when you know something and someone else that you're speaking with, they don't know it. What is your heart saying? Are you patiently trying to teach it to them or explain it, or is your heart calling them stupid, dummy? All right, so let's let's talk about this a little bit. I was in a discussion many, many years ago with someone, and I don't recall what the discussion was about, but the comment was made, well, everybody knows that. So first of all, this particular individual was not telling the truth because everyone means everyone. And I think at the time I might've had a five or six year old niece. And I know that we were having an adult conversation, you know, so my five or six year old niece had no clue (laughs) about such things. She was into Elmo or whatever was big at that time. And she had no idea what we were talking about. So no, everybody didn't know it because that would have included her. So that's one thing. (laughs) But secondly, and more important, that was really a prideful remark and it was a slick way of attempting to make me feel less intelligent than that individual and everyone else in the world because they said everybody knows that. So I really don't recall how the Lord had me handle it. It was something though that stuck out to me and with God's grace uh, let's try not to say that or anything like it to anyone. As innocent as that comment may sound There really is an element of the pride of life there. And we certainly do not want that named among us. So as we get ready to wrap up part three here, we could really go on and on about the different scenarios about heart conditions. I know that the Lord spoke to me on some of these very same things. And with his grace, I am more aware and alert as to when the enemy comes by, with his tactics, you know it's funny. Um, I was out um, with the kids to get something to eat, and was on my way to pay the checkout a few weeks ago. And you know the area was crowded where the cashier was, and as people were waiting to be seated and pay and all that sort of thing. And just as I'm talking to you, and very quickly, a voice said to me. Of course, it was a voice of the enemy that said, "You know what? You can walk right out of here without paying, and no one would know. Keep your money. Again, prideful." deceiving so you know that that wasn't the voice of god so what we (laughs) we thank god for the desire to want to pay so these thoughts do come everybody so we're not exempt from the thoughts coming it's when you meditate and act on it that's where we start to get into trouble amen amen Mm -hmm so this week with the help of the Lord start paying attention to your thoughts and what's in your heart I'll continue to ask God to show you even if it hurts a little bit you know what areas need more attention or a purge and then just ask God for help in overcoming them He wants us to win He wants us to do this so He can definitely create in all of us a clean heart as said in Psalm 51 and 10 so we want to be sure that We ask for that. Also, remember to step up the gatekeeping of your heart as directed by Proverbs 4 and 23. And then finally, Pro I'm sorry, Philippians 4 and 8 reminds us to think on things that are true, honest, just pure, lovely, virtuous, and of a good report, and that are praiseworthy, praiseworthy. Those are the things that we should be thinking on so if we are meditating on those types of things and our heart is going to leave little to no room for all of those other areas that we have been talking about all right family so listen this is going to bring a to a close this particular episode of speech therapy it starts in the heart part three so this is going to continue the conversation does continue next time we're together we're going to hop into part four and i can't cannot wait to share that with you. So I want to thank you all so much for coming by. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for sharing all of these messages and commenting on Facebook and sending in your emails and all the things that you're doing. It is such an encouragement and it's a blessing to hear from all of you. So um, thank you so much. God bless you. And until we're together again, stay on the wall. Thank mm-hmm. you.